Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? Good morning, good morning. Welcome. We're so glad you came. If you're a guest today, we all want to give you a big welcome. Can you join me in saying thank you for coming? Love for you to come back and make this your home church. We're a great church. We've got a great body of believers here and love for you to be a part of it. Uh, last week, were you here last week? I, I told you I was so excited about, about going to see the Dallas Cowboys play and it was going to be mine and Eli's, you know, first time together in, in the Cowboys stadium, Texas stadium. And, and so we got to the airport and I was going to fly out and Harriet and I, we were on time. The plane was on time. They, they, they just said all of a sudden, just as we were getting ready to board, there's going to be a 10 minute delay. And then they said, it's going to be another 10 minutes. And they did a 10 minute delay for five hours, seven hours forever. And I missed the game. Oh, American Airlines. Everybody help me out and just boo American Airlines. Just boo. All right. So, so we're in a series, Lean On Me. I needed that. I needed to feel that. I needed your love and your compassion. I've been carrying it for a week. And, um, and then, I don't know if you watched the game, but gosh, terrible, terrible, terrible. So listen, we're, we're just moving on and God is good and and the Cowboys are not. All right. So, <laughs> hey, I'm finishing up our series today called Lean on Me. And it's been a series about the local church. And it's in reference to a verse that I have read for the last two weeks. I'm, I'm just going to give you what it is. And we're going to move a little past it today. But Hebrews 10.25 said, do not give up meeting together. So don't give up the church. Don't give up gathering together. It's teaching us. And it says that some people are in the habit of doing. And so we're just reforming habits of gathering together in church. But then it says that, that the kind of the reason behind the significance of that, it says because all, because it, it, it says it like this, that all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, one way of seeing that is end times and end times are difficult. And so in difficulties, we need the church. We need one another to lean on. Now, I don't know if we're in end times. That's not my, my series, but I can tell you all of us go through difficult times. And who are you going to lean on? What are you going to lean on through those times? And so we've been talking about the local church. Today, my title is that I am a priest. Now, not me, but you. Uh, so I, I, I put this in a way for you to read it. Like I'm not talking about me. Now I am a priest, but you're a priest. Look, why don't we just clarify this? On the count of three, I want you to say, I am a priest. One, two, three. I am a All right, perfect. So you are a priest. Um, not like you're going to work for the Pope or anything like that. Um, I, we're not handing out white collars today either. But the Bible teaches us that all believers are part of God's priesthood. And so in the Bible, it says in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, as you come to him, the living stone. And so Peter, the author here, is, I believe, referencing a moment that he and the disciples had 
with Jesus. At one point, Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ. And then Jesus replied back to him, correct. And he said, you are Peter, meaning rock. And upon that rock, the revelation of who he is, then I will build my church upon it. And he said, even the, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church if it's built on the revelation that Jesus Christ, or he is the Christ, he is the living one. And so when he says, as you come to him, who are we coming to? We're coming to Jesus. We are coming to know him and to, to follow Jesus who is the living stone. Now, Peter is making reference that, that Peter isn't the stone. Like, we're not building upon Peter. Jesus is the living stone, the living stone. And so he's just pulling in from that experience he had, stating that he is the living stone and referencing that a stone is part of the foundation of the, of the local church. So it goes on to say about Jesus, it says, as we come to Jesus, no, back up one, please. As we come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You, now it's just, we went from Jesus to you and I, all right? This is us. Everybody say us. We are like living stones. Now we are not the living stone, we are living stones. We are stones that are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So we are living stones and we are being built into a spiritual house. So here it is referencing back to the church again. We are being built on the foundation. One, one um, section of scripture says that Jesus is the cornerstone that he is the foundation of the church and we are living stones that are being built together as a spiritual church, a spiritual house. And then it says this about us. To be, nope, stay back, please. Thank y'all, thank you so much. Just hang with me. Um, it says that we are to be a holy priesthood. We're a priesthood. Who is a priesthood? You're a priesthood. I'm a priest. We're part of the priesthood. And what do we do? We offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are priesthood. We are priests and we offer spiritual sacrifices. So today you're getting an upgrade. You're, you're moving from a church attender to a priest. So congratulations. You did it. You did it. On October 31st, 1517, a little history lesson today, a monk by the name of Martin Luther, he wrote a 95-point thesis, a text that criticized certain aspects of the Pope and protested some of their beliefs and practices. So the Catholic Church taught that salvation was possible through good works. And then they took it a step further and they... they included the practice of what is called indulgences. This was an ability to remove punishment for sins through penance, which would be good works, or by saying some prayer, reciting it for 30 days, and if you did that enough times in the right way, then, then God would remove some of the punishment of sin. Also, they put into practice the ability to pay money to the church that would shorten or lessen your punishment for sin. 
Then they took it even another step and indulgence could also be applied for a family member who had passed away and that indulgence, that penance or that money would lessen the punishment in purgatory for someone who had passed away. So in, in that moment in time in 1517 that Martin Luther protested this, this type of practice, the Pope and only the priest were the ones that carried the authority to lead the church services or the mass or they were the only ones that could teach from the Bible. They were the only ones that, that could offer communion and pray for the sick. And, and so they were the only ones. And, and while they did that, the people were dependent upon the priest. And so they didn't have direct contact, direct revelation. They didn't have a, a connection to God. Everything was through the priest. Now, I'm not here to... to criticize the Catholic church today. I'll let God take care of all of that. I do have a point I'm going to build to though with Martin Luther today because he protested these beliefs and practices. He protested. That's where we get the, the Protestant Reformation. He protested these beliefs and practices. Therefore, he hammered this thesis, this 95 point protest on a door of a local Catholic church. And his overarching point was to bring back the priesthood to the believer. At that time, they believed that in order to meet with God, you had to go through a priest. And Martin Luther pointed out that that's not what the Bible teaches us. He said that each individual believer has the privilege of coming into the presence of God. And we do not come to God through any person on earth, but through our mediator, Jesus Christ. Amen? So Martin Luther took the priesthood away from the Pope and from the priests that were under his sanction, his authority, and he gave it back to the people. He gave it to the people. And he argued that every person is a priest in the sense that, that we could read our Bibles and hear from God, that we can pray, that we can experience God, that we can serve others and we can share the good news, that we are priests in the kingdom of God. Martin Luther's ideas triggered what I referenced as the Protestant Reformation, little history lesson. Protestant comes from the word protest. As a result, the Protestant church or the Protestant movement was formed. And today, almost every church that is not Catholic is considered to be part of the Protestant church reformation and movement. And one of the foundations of the Protestant church movement is the concept of the priesthood of believers, simply meaning that every person has the privilege of access to God because of Jesus Christ. And every person has the ability to worship God and minister to others. We are all benefiting from the protest of Martin Luther. Amen. Amen. So that's a good history lesson. Let me give us one more as I head into our message today. Going further back before Christ, so this is before his birth and his death and resurrection, God's people did not have direct access to God either. 
God's presence was contained in an inner room. They called it the Holy of Holies in the temple. And only once a year was the high priest allowed to go into that room and minister before the Lord and to make, um, to make prayers for the people in that inner room. Only the high priest had that ability. Then there were the priests that were, that were sanctioned to be a part of the ministering group of leaders for God's people. And so the, the priests were, were the ministers and the people would, would go to the priest instead of going to God. In that time of the Old Testament, we call it the Old Covenant, sin was forgiven through the sacrifice of animals. In other words, rather than punish the person for their sin, they would offer an animal that would be punished on their behalf, giving them the freedom and the, the, um, the forgiveness from their sin, and so they were made right with God. It was the priest who met with the sinners. It was the priest who took the animal and, and sacrificed it as, a, as an act of worship on behalf of the people. The priests were responsible for everything in the temple and they were the ones that, that washed all the utensils and they, they cared for the candlesticks and they, they were the ones that cared for all the furniture that was in the, in the temple there. They were responsible for keeping the candle burning. They were responsible for the coal that, that had to stay warm and hot for the altar for the sacrifice. They were the ones that did everything. The priests received the special offerings like grain offerings and thanks offerings. And, and so the priests were the ones that did all of the ministry in the Old Testament. Again, we see this Old Testament model of, of the priest where they were the ones doing the ministry on behalf of the people, for the people. The priests were the ones that worshiped God through the sacrifices. And the people would just rely on the priest to be their connection to God. And the priests were God's connection to the people. They were the go-between. In the Old Testament, it teaches us that the priests were from a, a special lineage of people. They were from the tribe of the Levites, and only the Levites could become a priest. And they were God's special group of, of, of tribes, special group of people for him. And it was a, a high privilege. It was an honor to be born into that lineage and be those that were, that were anointed to minister to God and to minister to the people. They were special to God. They were chosen by God. They were anointed by God to worship and minister to God's people. So that's the history lesson of the Old Testament. Now when we look at 1 Peter 2.9, and you can put that on the screen for me. It says, but you are chosen people. Like there's this transition that just happened because of Jesus Christ, where it was the Levites who were the special people because they were the ones that ministered to God and to the people. Now it's turning the corner for us and you and I are his chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. You're a priest, a holy nation. You are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called, who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Listen to that. We are the ones who have the ability now to declare his praises. You and I are the New Testament priests of today. 
You're a priest. The implications for this are that we no longer need a human priest to be able to connect with God. We no longer depend on, on Old Testament sacrifices to come to God and to, to worship God. And we have, we have been given the, the responsibility of ministering to, to people and, and to helping and to, and to serving God in various ways. We are New Testament priests, which means that you and I can experience God's presence. How beautiful is that? That you and I, we, we get to come into God's presence and know him personally. It's a privilege. You and I can worship God and, and we, can, we get to declare how great God is. We get to do that. We have the ability through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit now lives in us to serve God's people and to serve the kingdom of God. You know, there were generations of people in the Old Testament who would love to have been in our place today. Generations of people that, that heard the prophecies of this day and they longed for it. They waited for the promise of Jesus to come. They waited for that. They waited, they longed for it. And here today we live in it. And I think we should take a moment and appreciate the season that we were born into. We were born into a season where you and I are priests and we don't go to a, a person to seek God. We come into a church and I personally get to know him. What a beauty it is. What a beauty it is. You have the privilege of worshiping God. You have the privilege of, of ministering and, and being a part of the, the kingdom of, of servants in the house of God. The problem is, is when the church doesn't teach people that they're priests, then people come to watch the pastors and the leaders sing the songs and they, they come to, to see others pray all the prayers and preach the sermons and then they go home because there's some type of a disconnect. When people don't understand your role, that you are a priest, then we revert back to really old covenant mentality to where we come in and we hope the band does a good job today. The worship team does a good job today. We hope the sermon today, you know, meets my needs. And, and we, we come in to watch it all happen. But rather than us having the understanding that I'm a priest, that my job is to come in and worship God regardless of anything else, my job is to come in and be a priest to the Lord today. And so sometimes the church misses that and we create a lot of spectators in the church. We, we, we create people that are, are disconnected from God, kind of like in the Old Testament. We've turned the church into a performance model where a few leaders uh, have, have, the, have the ability to, to do the ministry. And when we do that, I honestly believe we deny the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. When you come into church and, and you're like, I'm here to watch, I'm here to spectate, I think in essence you're saying, I'm just gonna be an Old Testament believer. 
I'm just going to deny the work of Jesus and let someone else do all the work. And I'm just going to show up and I'm going to clap real good and I'm going to go home and I'm completely disconnected from God. And people end up living compartmentalized life with Jesus. And instead of it being a flow of relationships, it's just I showed up at church. I checked the box. I did, I did the religious duty because that's what they did in the old days. They just did the religious thing. They just did it to check off the box. It was works. And listen, I don't want us to be works for a second. I want us to be relationship with Jesus Christ. And he made you a priest and we have the ability to know him. When people don't feel like they're part of the priesthood, they just watch worship. They, they're, just, they're just the ones that are always receiving prayer. They're, they're the ones that are hoping somebody will always encourage them today. Uh, they just wait on the pastor to teach them the Bible. I believe they're genuine in their, their efforts. Their hearts are are, are, are okay. They're just not taught that they're a priesthood, but, but they feel like people that, that don't understand priesthood, they feel like God is out of reach for them. They feel like that they are in some way unqualified for ministry. They're unqualified to, to pray for others. They're unqualified because what they've done is they put on a pedestal a few people and they go, well, they're the ones that do all the ministry. I'm the ones that watch it. Therefore, there's this disconnect, this disqualification. And I want you to know that when Jesus died on the cross, he qualified all of us who are disqualified. You're qualified. You're a priest today. When people feel unqualified, they don't realize that they're priests. They, the church is just about watching and it's kind of similar to like a consumer in some way. And I believe the consumerism is killing the American church. I believe it's where people just show up and all, I don't, maybe not our church, maybe our church, maybe, I don't know. Listen, I'm just in a big picture, just like theorizing. But I believe the American church has created too many consumers rather than priests in the church. And I believe that we have, we have developed that because we've, we've said that, you know, there's only a select few that do all the ministry and everyone else watches. And so it's like a restaurant for us. A restaurant, you know, when you go to a restaurant, what you do, you, you walk in, you size up the atmosphere. Do you like it or not? Then you, you place an order. Then someone serves you. Then you, you hang out in the atmosphere and you go, well, did you like it here or not? Was it good service? Was the food good or not? You, you weigh it out. You're like, yeah, I don't know. You pay the bill. In other words, you give a little offering. You, you pay the bill. All right, they did a good job. I'll come back to that restaurant. And people are, are stuck in that trap. And I think churches have put themselves in that trap. You know the, the two worst ways to, to encourage people to come to church? is one out of guilt. Uh, just guilt. If I say, boy, God's going to get you if you don't show up and... You know, you know, your life's going to fall apart and, you know, like, no, you're a priest. God loves you. You're, you're in. You can read your Bible. It's awesome. I could guilt you and that would work for a little bit. Some of you show up for a few weeks out of guilt, but pretty soon you'd quit. The other way to, to that, and it's a bad way to get people to come to church is out of hype. Out of where I tell you, it's going to be better. It's going to be great. It's going to be this. It's, we're going to have the coffee camper. We're going, to, uh, we're going to do this. And, and what I'm trying to do is appeal to your consumerism. I'm trying to appeal to your emotion of, oh, that'll be fun. I'll go try that out. 
when we're called to be priests that says, I go to church because he is my God and I've come to worship him because that's who I am. So different. Now we're going to have the coffee camper. Somehow coffee works into it all. And I think church ought to be fun. I think it ought to be exciting. I mean, we serve the, the, the living God, the living stone. If we can't praise him, then, you know, if we can't be excited, I mean, there ought to be enthusiasm around that. So today I just want to teach you this, and um, this is not in your notes, not on, on the screen or anything like that, but just, I just want you to know that, that when you come to church, you're not a consumer, you're a priest. Like, you're a priest. That's who you are. And when you come to church, you're on duty. Like, that's, you, you, you have a job. You're on duty. You're a priest. The priest in the Old Testament, they, they, had, they had work to do. They, they worshiped. They, they, they served around the church, the, the temple. They, they, they did all the stuff. And, and we're called to do all the stuff. You're, we, all of us, are called to do the stuff. If you'd put back up 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5 for me. It says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, chosen by God... Now, you, that's you and I, we are like these, these living stones. We're being built in the church. And then it says, why? Uh, why are we being built together to be this priesthood? Now, what do we do? What, what is it we're called to do? Well, we offer spiritual sacrifices. That's, that's, what, that's what priests do. They offer spiritual sacrifices. Now, praise God, not natural sacrifices. I am so grateful that I'm in the New Testament today and that we're not... Don't even want to think about it. But we're, 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 not, um, we're not Old Testament. We are what it says, New Testament. We're offering spiritual sacrifices. The Old Testament, they offered natural sacrifices. We offer spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. And you might define that in the, the unique ways that we worship God in our services and in our prayer and, and the unique ways that we can read our Bible and encounter the Holy Spirit in our lives. And those, those are the spiritual acts that we have. And, and we're called to be those priests that participate in all of that. A New Testament priest belongs and participates in a local church. In 2, 4, 5, 1 Peter 2, 4, 5, it says we are being built into a spiritual house. We're being built into a, a local church body where, where the, the, the people are, are ministering and the people are worshiping together. God places his people in local churches where they can exercise their priestly duties. That's where you do it. Listen, you cannot be a priest sitting at home watching online, drinking coffee in your boxer shorts. <laughs> Who are you ministering to? It doesn't work that way. There's so much of the Bible that we cannot do without the local body. We can't priest one another. <laughs> we need each other. Who am I going to pray for? Who am I going to encourage? Who am I going to lift up? So we need the church in the Old Testament, the priests, they ministered in the temple and we minister in a local church. 
Now we've been studying for, for the last couple of weeks out of Hebrews 10 again that, that we should not give up meeting together as some are in that habit of doing. And I just emphasize that again because we can't fully practice the priesthood without gathering together. And so you're, you're not a priest without gathering together. Now you are a priest in the fact that you are saved and you can experience God, but, but there's so much of the work of a priest that you can't do on your own. We need a church. And so I'm telling you that together, together, all of us, all of us are being built into a spiritual house. You are the living stones. I am one of the stones. I, in, in some regards, yes, I'm your pastor and appreciate the, the role of a leader, but, but I also am like all of us. We are all living stones. And, and listen, you are my church too. And you minister to me. You help me. You lift me. This morning I walked in and, and Pam, oh my goodness, just poured out more encouragement in my life in, in two minutes. And, and I'm like, thank you. I mean, like we should have words of encouragement. Like you come to give at church together. <clears throat> the church isn't about me. It's not about our leadership. It's about us. We are a church. We're a New Testament church filled with priests who minister to God and worship to God. <clears throat> we worship and we we serve. Can you imagine, think with me, just dream with me about a church that understands the priesthood. A church that, that is filled with people that, that come to church to worship God because that's who they are. Because it is his, your God. It is, he is my God. Like, I'm not coming to to just appreciate the good music. I'm, I'm coming to church because I love God and I'm grateful and I want to honor him and I want to worship. No one can worship God for you. Only you can offer your worship. It is, it is you who claps your hands for God. Like, like we ought to be a clapping church celebrating what God is doing in our lives. And, and like there ought to be moments in our church when we are in worship and, and that, you know, there, there's a moment and, and we all know it's a clap time or, or Gina had such a great message right in our ministry time. And, and there was a moment like we ought to all to be celebrating going, oh yes, God, that's, you know, I worship you in it. Like all of us, listen, from the front row to the back row, we all engage in worship because you're a priest. You're not a watcher. You're not an outsider anymore. You're, you're not part of the Old Testament anymore. You are part of the New Testament church, the New Covenant, New Testament church of priests where we worship God. There ought to be voices that are lifted in this room during worship and it ought to, it ought to be loud from the congregation because because we have so many voices that are declaring the promises of God and declaring how great our God is. It ought to be, our voices ought to be just lifting the roof in here because we are worshiping God together. Our hands, there ought to be a moment in every service where every hand in the room is up where we're saying, God, I surrender my life to you. I, I am worshiping you. You are worthy of it. Can you imagine worship in that moment? Can you imagine a church that understands priesthood and they all, all of us, we all come in 
with a heart that I'm going to worship with everything I have because he is my God. Martin Luther argued for that whole purpose. He protested so that we could praise. The Old Testament, the, the priest did all the praise. But Jesus died so that we can know our Father, so that you and I can praise him and we can know him. We can worship our Father in heaven. When I was a kid, we used to sing a, a song. I, I, I don't dare sing it, but, but it was that we would bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Anybody remember that old song? Any, any people got any throwbacks there? You got a couple of us. And uh, we would sing this song out. And, and honestly, it probably, you know, today we'd laugh at the song. You know, we like, you know, like, wow, that's an old school song. But the theology was so good. The, the, it was the word. It was so good that, that we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. When we were singing this, we were singing what the church was supposed to be doing. Like we were saying, this is, this is us and I'm here for God. I know why I'm at church today. Like we understood it for a moment when we sang that song, why I came today. And I want to question you, why did you come today? Why did you show up at church today? I, look, maybe you're, I don't know, just all the reasons. But I want to tell you, the number one reason to show up for church is that you are a priest and you have a role and your job is to worship God. That's why we come. You're a priest. Instead of coming to church as a, an attender, what if we came ready to pray for one another? What if, what if like... Somewhere along the way, you ran into someone and, and they, you, you noticed they were a little discouraged and, and you said, well, hey, I want to cheer you up. What if you had an encouraging word to share with someone, to lift someone? What if we all came to church ready to love one another? Like we're just, hey, I'm just coming in to, to, to be kind to people and to love people. What if we came in with a, a mindset to serve one another? What if, what if like we, we showed up and we're like, you know what, whatever it takes today, I'm here to help my church. Well, I see some trash over there. I'm just going to go pick that up. Why? Because I'm a priest. What if you walked into our bathroom and, and you know, somehow it has water and soap all over the sink and, and you walked in and you saw that and you saw, you have a, you have a mindset. You can say, well, some leader will take care of that. I'm just an Old Testament saint. <clears throat> I'm old school. We pay the pastor to do that. Or you go, no, I'm a priest. You get a paper towel and you clean it all off. What if our church service ended today and you knew we had to set up all this, break down all this equipment and everything, and you said to yourself, hmm, they got a team to do it, awesome. Glad they do that. I'm glad the pastor assigned some people, gave them authorization. He, he made a bunch of little priests to do that. I'm just going to head on home. See ya. I paid my tithe today. Listen, what if we said, no, no, I'm a priest. I know I didn't sign up for this, but my goodness, I can grab some chairs and I can walk up to the guys picking up this. No, some of you can do this. Some of you are strong. But I can walk up to the guys that are picking up this, this 
what do you call this, platform? How can I help you? Because I didn't come for me today. I came to be a priest today. I've worshipped my heart out. I met with my God in church today. I've encouraged my friends and I've said great kind things to people. And, and now I want to give back. I want to say, God, I, I love you. I'm a priest. What if our, our kids ministry had to say, we have enough volunteers. We're good. We have so many people that love to be priests that it's so full of people. Y'all can go do something else. Are y'all quiet now? I think you need to say, I'm a priest again. I think you need to be right. One, two, three. I'm a priest. All right. Whether you want it or not, you are. Tag. Oh, gosh, church. I believe God wants us to be a church filled with priests and not a large group of attenders and a crowd. He didn't call us to be just a church with a bunch of people. You know, I'm, listen, I'm grateful that a whole bunch of people are here. Listen, I love it. God is good. But that's not what I'm after. I'm not after a crowd. I'm after a, a house of priests, a group of people that minister to God and they worship God. Crowds go to football games. Priests go to church. We're priests. You're a priest. I'm a priest. So how does being a priest change the way you come to church? How does that change things? What does that mean to you? I believe collectively as we gather, it's individuals worshiping God. Like you're doing your part. You're, you're raising your hands and, and together we worship and together we experience God and his, his presence comes and, and we experience that together. But, but you have to give your worship. Did you know in one service there can be someone worshiping and experiencing God and someone not worshiping and not experiencing God? Like right beside you, like you're missing it. You worship. How does it change your perspective of coming to church as a priest. I believe every individual sees the church as, as their church. It's your house. You're, you're part of something. You're part of a, a body that loves well and, and, and shares well and gives well and, and, and says, God, I want to give my, my um, spiritual sacrifice of, of praise and my spiritual sacrifice of serving. I want to be a priest. I want to give back to my church. It's powerful. That's a powerful New Testament church. And I believe that the world is looking for that church. And I believe that revival comes out of that church. I believe there, there are lost people who need a place to lean on. And they're not looking for a performance. They can find that in other places. You can, you can go to great atmospheres. Honestly, you can go to places that that do all kinds of amazing things, but there's only one place that changes a heart. And that's a church where the people are operating as priests and they're worshiping and they're ministering one to another. I can imagine that. And let me just brag on us for just one moment as I close. I asked our staff this week to send me a couple names of people who, who serve in our church and who basically operate like priests in our house. And I was thinking, hey, I want to give a shout out to four or five people. And I was like, I just, I just want to like recognize a few and, and say, man, I 
appreciate the way you did it and make an example out of somebody and go, you know, awesome. Well, then in a short amount of time, my staff sent me about 75 names. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, I can't go through all those names. And so, <clears throat> so I'm not going to go through one. And also, I'd be afraid I'd miss somebody too. And then, uh, you know, I, I don't want to do any of that. And then I, saw, I thought, well, I'm going to have everyone that serves and, and has a heart of the priest to stand up. And, and then I thought, well, that's going to make a few people that aren't standing feel bad. So, so listen, I'm just going to skip all that staff. It was a great list. And I want you to know we have a church that's already operating as priest in so many ways. And today my job is just to encourage us, the, the rest of us and all of us to see ourselves as a priest that we are called to worship our God and you are called to worship your God and you are called to serve in your house and that's what makes us a body of priests. Amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, listen, I want to close with a salvation invitation. When I was reading the text earlier and we said that, that Jesus is the, the living stone and it says, as we're coming to him, and I want you to know there's an invitation for you to come to Jesus today. There's an invite. I'm giving you an invite, but it's from Jesus. He's the inviter. He's like, come follow me. Come follow me. He's the living stone. He's the, he is the living stone, that, the foundation that you build your whole life on. And without that stone, without the, the foundation of Jesus Christ, we are like on sand that, that sinks and sand that is unstable. If you want a life that is filled with the stability and the, the, the power of God and the relationship with your heavenly father, it begins with Jesus Christ. I want you to know you're loved by God. He cares about you. Even if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, he cares about you, he loves you. We've all sinned, that's what keeps us apart. But Jesus, he died on the cross. Earlier I said that in the Old Testament, they offered an animal that would be the, the sacrifice for their sin. The animal would pay the price on their behalf. Jesus came and once and for all, he paid the price for us. And so he took your sin upon himself so that we can be free. Your role in a whole equation is to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I wanna offer you this moment to come to Jesus today. Would you bow your heads? Father, if there are people in this house that don't know you, would you make this their moment, Lord? Would you draw them to you? Would you invite your people? If there's anybody in the church today that said, Pastor Tim, I want to meet Jesus. I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be on the foundation of Jesus Christ and you've never prayed a prayer, you've never made a moment where you believe in Jesus, and today you're ready for that moment, would you lift your hand to me? I'd love to just see your hand. I, wanna just, I just need you to take a step and recognize this is your moment. Is there anybody here that just says, I just, this is my moment? Lord, we thank you for this day. Would everyone pray this out loud with me? So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus the living stone that I build my life on. I turn to him for salvation today. Thank you for saving me, for giving me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may live for you. 
all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, come on church, give me a great amen.